You are not going to believe what I'm about to tell you. It's time to cover all things Claire Arnold with... Guess who? That's right. On November 11th, Kathleen Robertson will be joining the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Sex, rock, really decent literature. For more info, make sure you check out at Beverly Hills 90210 show on Facebook and Instagram for the latest updates. Thank you, Kathleen, for coming on the 90210 show. My mom is excited to see you. You know what they say. Que le meilleur gagne. Hey 90210, it's Josh Richland here, back from the dead, but not really. And if Brandon had been a better journalist, he would have known that I did not die in that accident. No memorial should have been the tip-off. Turns out, at a terrible spinal injury, I got airlifted to Springfield, Illinois, where at the Memorial Medical Center there, they've got one of the best spinal injury rehab centers in the country. Met a girl. I'm now the editor of the state journal, Register. It's a little paper. Not bad. Not great, but not bad. And uh, I'm the editor of the uh, state government section of the state journal, Register in Springfield. Anyway, wishing everybody uh, a very happy anniversary to 90210. I have great memories of being there and working with all those people. And... Uh, saying hi to everybody and to all of you. Bye. Hey, Beverly Hills 90210 fans. Are you ready to dive deep? Episode by episode. Storyline by storyline. Character by character. As we break down the making of your favorite zip code. With your host, Charles Rose. Did I say that? Mary Mullen. the thing about the, the, the real person. And we go, what? We're getting rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. And growing up, my, like, TV crush is Claire Arnold. So, I mean, she has to come on the show at this point. Fashion guru Perry She was, Zetton. like, 25 or something. And <laughs> she looks so old. Like so many special guests. And all your questions. Live on the Beverly Hills 90210 Show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So here we are. Elections is super important to the world of Beverly Hills 90210 um, and elections in general are. But we are going to be focusing strictly on elections on Beverly Hills 90210. Um, starting with Aaron, it's filling in for Perry is Aaron Clements. Good to see you. Um, tell me about your love of Beverly Hills 90210, what you're doing and um, why you're here. Um, so I've been watching Beverly Hills 90210 since the very beginning, and I still love it. I rewatch it all the time. I've been um, rewatching it along with your show, and I've also been lucky to interview some of the cast. Um, I actually do work on a series at Today.com called Flashback, where we ask actors from classic shows and movies to reflect on their favorite moments. And so um, I've done it with Jason Priestley. Uh, we had Jenny and Tori on... They were on broadcast when um, BH when the you know reboot premiered last year. Um, so they did a flashback. Uh, we had Brian Austin Green. So yeah, really uh, excited to talk about it. That is super cool. That is really really awesome. Well, listen, guys, we're going to talk a lot about elections, and I didn't think we could do the show without somebody that was actually a part of the show. One of the ones episodes that we're talking about, of course, is stand and deliver the election stuff. Um, how about him? 
Michael Miller himself, Scotty Fultz. How are you? Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. The junior class president. That's right. Class president, Beverly. Yes, I am. Yes. That's right. What did you accomplish in your administration? Yeah, really. Um, I managed to get Trump kicked out of the White House. <laughs> you did it, baby. All right. That's what I was hoping. Right here. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I think Michael Miller. I think Michael Miller right now would be on on Biden's staff. I think he'd be chief of staff for Biden right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, listen. If if um, political conversation uh, makes you sensitive, don't tune this episode out. <laughs> you know, we're talking politics. So, I mean, it might come up. We're all very, I know somebody here, uh, this episode, some of these episodes are based around, right? So po politics is important to a group of us here. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, lots going on. And this is, this episode is, you know, super important because the most important, I think that all of us, uh, most important thing that I think all of us want to get out of this episode is for people to go out and vote. You've been voting yes. already. And if you haven't been here for a vote. Just and has everyone here voted? Karen voted. I have voted. Scott voted. Everyone, everyone voted. I think. Right. I mean, you know, it was, they made it. You know, so easy this year. Definitely. I, I actually tracked my ballot yesterday. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, you, know, that you, you can just do that. put your name and your stuff in there, and it just shows you if they received it, and it was uh, accepted. Before mm -hmm. we hop into this episode, uh, let's watch this. So check it. We have so much new and exciting merchandise over at Beverly Hills, 90210showshop.com. You can get your own Peach Pit shirt or Welcome to Beverly Hills shirt. Or, oh my God, check out that classic retro Beverly Hills 90210 shirt. Oh, and for you Claire Arnold fans, <laughs> Peach, you can get yourself a Claire Arnold t-shirt. I mean, we pretty much have everyone and everything covered from Dylan McKay to Ray Pruitt. I mean, we even have a Roy Randolph shirt. So don't be a squeeze. Head over to Beverly Hills, 90210showshop.com and get on it. Well, I thought it was appropriate to wear the Richland Wall shirt. That's what I'm wearing. I mean, what do you got, Larry? You know, I have, you know, I've got to get my wardrobe going. I only have two two shirts. I got the Roy and I got the Roy, Ray Pruitt. You know, I'm waiting for the. Uh, I like That's the Claire Arnold though. Uh, sex, uh, rock, and really decent literature. I think that's coming really soon. Good. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Definitely for sure. I, bought, right. I bought one. It's coming in the mail. New one. I've got the. I've got the words and wisdom of Karen Rosen. Of course, I think that's yeah. fantastic. And I've got, but I got now the Beverly that Beverly Hills Beach Club one. Oh yeah, oh, yeah very yeah. cool. Um, Victor did. I, I, I did great. get a Claire Arnold. Uh, are you freak because of, of who my father is? Mug. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one too. I think I have to buy and I choose me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. Only one. <laughs> <laughs> Get one for the whole mishpoka. Yeah, that makes the most sense. All right, let's talk about uh, this episode, Chuck. Um, I guess the first question is, why were politics so important here in the world of Beverly Hills 90210? When we go back to season one, episodes weren't really drawn together yet. We weren't doing a serialized show, so everything was kind of you know as it happened there were some things some story arcs that were obviously brought through to different things um but why was that such a big thing in that first season in the student politics you mean this particular episode yeah. well i think that that um it was a big important in this first season because student politics were important to me um it was pretty much uh, how people who knew me in high school defined me uh, as it. I mean, who else takes their yearbook and uh, marks who they anticipate is going to vote for them and only be wrong by five votes? That isn't bad. 
But the thing is, you asked about the motivation. And, and you know, in this episode, it's really the part that has to do with the election. I, re I really did like and, and saw all the, I, I like the lure of the power and all of that. But that's not why people ran. People ran in Beverly Hills High School for one reason and one reason only. It looked good on your resume to help you get into a better college. However, season one, we couldn't talk about getting into college. So Brandon's motivations, I think, are a little murky. Uh, like, oh, yeah, I can do it. I, I'll be popular. Well, he doesn't need to be popular. We know that about him. And the fact is, is that his politics would have aligned much closer with Mr. Miller. He, he would have uh, uh, done, you know, like the, the excess with the food and, and things like that, which was, which was a you know, really good idea. Um, and, and to show you that Beverly Hills politics wasn't just important to me, um, you know, student body president of Beverly Hills High School was Dan Adius, our, our ace director. He's been on the show. We're going to have him on the show again, hopefully. Sure. And, when Dan, and Dan was really the most qualified running in his year. Mm -hmm. And somebody ran against him. Lance was his name. And Lance um, wanted to have thought all the activities one could possibly do uh, like for student government and the dances and everything else, throw them out and spend all the money buying a dialysis machine for one person that this man, Lance, knew. And Lance was a pretty good speaker. And all of a sudden, it was that about, you know, we, we have to do something socially good. The year is 1969, everybody. Mm. And we had to do something socially good. And it really didn't matter about the functioning of government or the social activities of the school. And, and so in real life, that's what you know, high school politics was like in in Beverly Hills. Unlike the legacy key, which I know we'll talk about someday, where, you know, opening up, you know, offices and getting tests and things like that. I don't believe there was any um, ballot stuffing or any cheating going on in elections in Beverly. I don't think that mattered quite so much. Well, let's go to my, uh, to sorry, let's go to Scotty. Um you came into this world, uh, the you know, the TV show. You auditioned, I'm sure, for the show. What was that process like at that time? That was very strange because I'd just been over in England doing a show for ITV in England. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember, uh, Charles, maybe you guys can help me. I, I, I think maybe you guys caught me in just for a read for you guys. I'd, I, I'd just gotten off the airplane the day before. Wow. From England. I had no idea what Beverly Hills 90210 was because I'd been over in England for a right. year, right? But when I got there, I mean, it was like this company and it was, I mean, it, they were a great family. Everybody just supported everybody. It was terrific. And it was, it was, it was a fabulous, it was a fabulous time. Do you remember auditioning for Aaron? Uh, this part would have not been auditioned. Yeah, I don't think so. No. I, I was, I was, I was the surrogate Aaron on a, re, on a, yeah. Was it more than one? Was it more than one episode? No, no. Like, that's why it was just a regular. Oh, it was Diane oh, yeah, Young, yeah. and yeah. she, you, you probably pre-read for her first, and then uh, it was Paul, myself, yeah. and uh, the director, uh, Bert Brinkerhoff, a really good director, who mm -hmm. um, uh, went on to do a lot of uh, Melrose. Mm -hmm. uh, just don't ever have them uh, direct any episode having to do with baseball. I just, I just won't work out. And I remember it being a completely 
I mean, just a fabulous experience. And and just just you know, get up there and and say the words and mean what you say and look at people and talk to them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You I know. Mean, I mean, what was it like? I mean, it was just like Gary Cooper. Look at people and talk to them. When did you start <laughs> acting? Uh, when when did you start acting, Scotty? I uh, I got involved in it very young. Uh, back here in Texas, where I am now, I'm teaching theater, guys. Oh, amazing! Everybody's, if you guys can help me, please, because uh, I mean, this whole, this whole internet thing, teaching theater, is just not, not a cool thing, right? Mm, yeah, I mean, it needs to be hands on. But um, the, I mean, I started when I was uh, very young in Texas, and I was. I did a lot of equity theater and finally came into, uh, I was at the alley theater for a while and they said, you need to go to tech. Uh, you need to go to California because you're going to make money playing kids when you're, you know, a, a good deal older than what you're going to play. <laughs> yeah. Which is exactly what happened in 90210. And the cool thing about 90210 is I was there with, Guys that were my own age. Mm. Mm -hmm. I've done an episode of Saved by the Bell where they weren't my own age, and that was, um, you know, pretty trying. But uh, uh, but the discipline <laughs> and the the discipline and the um, you know just the camaraderie and the company feel of that show made it fun. What was uh, a young Jason Priestley like to work with at that time? A lot of fun, actually. He and I had a lot of fun after, too. So <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. Um, and, and you did some stuff with Shannon in this as well. Was she uh, a, a peach to work with? Absolutely. Absolutely kind, giving, welcome here. You know, and I'm sorry she's sick now. Uh, yeah. You know, God help her. I mean, she's somebody that had been through the, the – I mean, she'd been through the ringer, guys. Mm. I mean, you know, she, she'd been doing this since she was, what, four? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You're talking about – And, and, and it's just, you know. So did you uh, – at a certain point, you stopped being a child actor, though, right? Yeah, I got a little tired of being 35 and asking people when I was going to get ice cream for breakfast. <laughs> um, I got offered the Ashland Shakespeare Festival unaware to me mm. when I was in L.A. And I had the, uh, the artistic director come up to me at a gathering and say, I'm not speaking to you because your agents just turned down a full season for you at Ashland. And I'm a theater trained actor, guys. Right. I want to work. I, I don't mind doing TV. I love TV. Right. But uh, I, I want to work. An actor's deal is they want to work. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter where an actor works. I can work on a street corner if I'm working. Yeah, making money, right? Absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, I, I'm sorry if that sounds no. Aaron, before I let Scotty go, uh, do you have any questions that you? I know you sent me a bunch of things. Do you have any questions for 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 Scott? Well, one thing I wanted to say, I love um, his scene with Shannon, where 
Michael's like the one person who shows interest in her burgeoning comedy career. And then Kelly just, you know, snaps and says, you know, why are you talking to Brandon's opponent? You know, when he seems like a pretty honorable guy and he was just being, you know, sweet and asking about her joke writing. Um, but I was wondering, so at the beginning, Andrea says, you know, we can't let the popular airheads run student government. And that's why she asked Brandon to run. But then Michael's anything but a popular airhead. And, you know, his list of accomplishments goes on and on with the internship at the state capitol and the pilot program for feeding the homeless and everything. So did Andrea not back him because she thought he had no chance since he says, you know, he has a history of losing or what? Like, why wouldn't Andrea support Michael? Good question. Um, well, let's call, I, let's call up Amy Spees and see if she has I picked up on that too. And, you know, but the fact is, is that, um, you know, uh, in Beverly Hills High School, the, the popular air kids did not run student government. In fact, every time uh, a quote unquote popular kid who had good grades I'm thinking of someone like Richard Hall, Karen, and other other people. They they didn't win as you know the main office. Um, you know, it was in fact uh, you know the it was it was very hard sometimes to do that. You know, mm -hmm. it's because because there was a nerd bond. You know, in terms of you know who's intelligent, who's trying to do that, who's who would walk, also work on committees. Here's a Beverly Hills thing for you. Um, you, you remember when we did the Christmas episode, you know, it's a totally happening life and everybody went to the school uh, on the bus. Well, right. I I was there as a singer one year, but two years in a row, I was there as somebody who got to hand out toys and go to the different classrooms and this because I was part of Boys League. And I went into Boys League because I wanted to go to Albion Street. It was like the service organization of Beverly Hills High School. Mm. I would have to say, though, that with the exception of maybe one person, none of them were my were my in my social crowd. None of them were people I knew who would do the committee work and the volunteer work and things like that. So that's kind of who makes who made the school go, made student government go. And someone like Brandon or in, in my case, in, in, in Beverly High, we were the anomaly. Right. A little bit. All right, I'm going to show that clip. That I would add to that, actually, if I can. Yep. Is um, uh, look at the guy that has policies now and the guy that doesn't. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to show that clip uh, that Erin uh, just referred to and get uh, Scotty's take on uh, what that was like to do. Comedy of politics. Hi. He's over there. Yes, I am his sister. Anything else you want to know? Not really. Hi, Michael. I'm sorry. This election stuff has just so taken over the school. I'm uh, kind of sick of politics myself. Mm. <laughs> so what you doing, homework? No. Work, hopefully. Probably just a bunch of pitiful jokes. You do that stuff? Well, I'm trying to get on amateur night at this club. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Kelly, hi. Um, look, I need to go, okay? See ya. Keep up the work. Bye. Brenda, how could you do that with him in public? Kelly, Michael, and I were just talking. Michael Miller is Brandon's opponent. 
Kelly didn't like that. <laughs> By the way, Chuck, did you see the beautiful boom shot? That you gotta love those. Yeah, the first one was in at 1935. This is the second one I hadn't seen originally. We, you know, <laughs> I, I love our fans who always say yours is the best show that ever was made, but you can't have a boom or more multiple booms in every episode and, and even pretend to get that mantle. I'm, I'm I don't know how we let so many. I'm going to ask, I mean, that's, we've never talked about that on this show, but we just, we are here now. Why is that happening? Is that an editor thing or is it just, just, they only have the well, one. Thing be a trip supervisor, basically. Okay. I'm, 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 you know, you, you've always heard me give a lot of love to our crew. Yeah. Not the sound crew in the first season, that however. Good. And really the most contentious person, I don't know, even know his name, so I can't be maligning him, but there were two people, the, the person who Diana Valentine replaced, okay. who our script supervisor, and the guy who held the boom. And as it was explained to me at the time, we didn't know production that well, that the boom is such a shitty job uh -huh. that only people who are unhappy become boom guys because they got to <laughs> keep their hands up. Yeah. The or the son or nephew or relative of the, of the sound guy is often. Right. Well, that, was in, that came about in season... Two on. They they were or no season three because they were a union guy. They came in at season three right. and they too they did it. So we have fewer booms, but we had a lot of booms. <laughs> uh, why? Uh, we didn't uh, ever hire. Um, I guess the, the you know the ace boom guys. They were not uh, available. Maybe the ceilings were low. <laughs> uh, that must be it. That must right. be it. It wasn't the personnel. It was the ceilings. It is interesting that we do see quite a lot of it. Well, anyway, Scotty, um, looking back on that, do you remember shooting that stuff with Shannon? I and do. What, were, what was it like? I do. It was great. I mean, it, it was it was quick. Um, they got the coverage quick, and it was it was the it was done. I mean, it it, it wasn't. It, it's not that that challenging. I mean, we didn't have a big fight or anything. The thing that I think I like most about it, having seen it again. Is he's asking personal questions about her as opposed to questions about the election? Yeah, I do love that that aspect yeah. of it. Um, uh, Chuck, was that important to make uh, Michael Miller? I mean, maybe we should be talking to Amy, but I think you have an opinion to make him uh, very likable in that sense. That hey, this is a really nice kid. This is a nice guy. You know. Yeah, well, you you don't need to have you know the, the, you know polarity in 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 high school and. Kelly's attitude being wrong. Oh, it's the enemy. It's the person you're against. I don't remember that in any student election during my years. It was just not as polarized. Um, Karen may have a another question about it because she was also president of her high school. Tiny little high school in New York. Yes. And it was because it looks great on your college resume. What can I say? Also, because by becoming the vice president first, I had to lead the student assemblies. And I, at the time, I wanted to be an actress. And I thought that would give me a lot of speaking experience and get over my shyness, which it did actually do the trick for. So it was great. Um, but yes, no, I was going to, you, you know, Aaron's comment before of how come they said we don't want to run against these popular airheads and how come the guy turned out not to be. Well, the fact that he turns out not to be is a little twist. That's good for the show, uh, the, the movement of the characters, a little surprise, but also, um, you know, just to rationalize it in real in reality, she could be wrong. You know, here's a that's what happened. It was a guy who wasn't that this time, so that it, it kind of ups the drama a little bit. So we'll we'll give Amy a pat on the back for that. Sure. 
Go ahead, Chuck. Well, the one thing that that did, um, it, it's interesting, it's going to sound really kind of horrible, uh, what I'm about to say about my experience in the, the high school guy, but somebody who uh, is, is in Hollywood, a very successful former network executive and producer, who was two years older than me, told me that the secret of a guy getting elected is you take out a different girl every weekend. And you Steve did, Sanders said. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Isn't that curious why Steve Sanders said that? Well, I have no <laughs> idea. Well, anyway, yes. And and the people, however, Karen would know this. Some of the people, and I didn't do it very often, but I did it three or four times. At least two of, two of them have remained lifelong friends. Uh, you know, from high school age. Yeah, I don't see them that much. One I talk to a lot on Facebook and stuff. But, you know, well, that, that would explain why all the women, when we go to the Beverly Hills High School decade reunions, 10, 20, 30, they all come up to me and say, your husband was my first kiss. I've <laughs> told me that. And they all said it was a big smile, but he was 13, you know. Well, that was then, but this, was, this was more 16. This is when I would, we'd go to the Troubadour. We go up to Blue Jay Way, we go to their house, and then I go to Jack Ravoy's house and get high. That was pretty much high school. Okay, the Blue Jay Way is that like a makeout place, right? Yes. That's a fog, yeah, the we call that a fog and above LA and yeah. where I grew up. I was... Blue Jay Way was a place, and Ringo Starr yeah. had a house right there. Jessica has a question or a point. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Jessica. I'm sorry to interrupt your stroll down memory lane, Chuck. <laughs> I wanted to defend Amy. Because I thought what Amy meant or what the writer meant or what you, the rewriter, meant was had Brandon not run, an airhead would have run, would have run one of the popular kids and would have beaten Michael. Right. And but, so yeah. Andrea was suggesting that Brandon take the mantle, that she could get him to win because he was handsome and whatever. She didn't say that, but. That's what she's thinking. And she knows that he's got a brain behind that beauty and would and she could get him to win. That's that's how I took it. I think you're right. And then she would be part of the inner circle. Correct. Correct. You know, she just like she wanted to be when we move on to the college episodes, you know, and, and it happened to her twice. Like he didn't really take it, appreciate her uh, political skills as they were. You know, uh, Jenny uh, Kelly moves into it. And and uh, you know is is there on the in the trip and the, in the feeding the ego and so Andrea's kind of lost in the conversation at that point. Well, we'll get to that uh, before Michael leaves. I want to show him the scene that I think um, you know the big scene uh, during the debate and get his take on uh, shooting this. No, not really. What? But you are. And that's just one of about 50 reasons why you're more qualified to be president than I am. And you certainly run a more honorable campaign. What is he doing? This is not in our script. And that's the reason why I'm throwing my support to you. Mr. President. Now, there's no chance Trump does this on Tuesday, right? 
God can only hope. I mean, I, there's no moment in time in which that that occurs. Um, Chuck, this this idea uh, that uh, Brandon would throw the election to the candidate where where did that aspect of all of this come from? We go back to the class of 1969. Dan Adias said his speech. Lance said his speech. The next person to give their speech threw their support to Lance. Wow. And those of us who were Adias people were like, and, and politicians, you know, I, I was also running for president. Mike, I was like, what's going on? How can we, you know, how are we going to do this? And it was, you know, it was pretty, um, but so, so that's happened then. And it happened even in the class of 68. The class of 68, as you can imagine, was extremely radical. And mm. I think they too had the, a, a more left wing kind of politician uh, uh, drop out so that it would be a, a truer race between two guys. And the guy who got elected high school in that class, here's a 90210 trivia. That guy's girlfriend at college was Carol Potter. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> wow. It's true. Jeff Golden, yes, it is true. All right, Scotty. Before you leave, um, obviously that's the big, that's a very big uh, scene for you. That's probably the, the bigger yeah, one. I mean, you have a great, great that. dialogue with Jason too. Yeah. But uh, tell me about shooting that and what your memories are of that. My memories of that were that it went <laughs> once again. It went quickly. I mean, I, I I just felt like Jason and I, Jay and I got, you know, we picked up on each other really quick and and. Uh, I was reacting to it already. They were getting coverage on it quick, and there you go. Yeah, very I mean, cool. It felt like that, at least. I mean, the, the 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 show was a company. I mean, they they were already they were into a group. They were they were they were making they were making like company theater, mm. right? And I sort of felt like that was going on, and I wasn't going Still pissed off that they didn't bring me back for more, but yeah, you know. Well, here's your chance, Chuck. <laughs> well, uh, here, here's how I can make it up to you, Scotty. Yeah. I donated to MJ Hager, I donated to Wendy Davis, and I donated to Candace Valenzuela. Yeehaw! <laughs> <laughs> No, I just want to say to Scotty's point about the quickness. It was, remember, it was a seven-day shooting schedule, and most shows an hour long had eight days. So they really had to finish everything. Yeah. I mean, it was. And, uh, weren't you guys shooting more than one episode at a time? Not then. No, not no. then. No. Um, I mean, I just I came onto that set. I heard that it was it was the hottest show on TV, and I knew I had to be on my. You know, on excuse me, on my shit. Yeah. But I mean, you know, and I thought I was. I hope you guys thought I was too. Definitely oh, terrific. It really was a pleasure to watch it. Uh, you know, and and see it because it's for various reasons. It's not one of my favorite episodes, but it has nothing to do with this plot, right? And it has nothing really to do with any problem that created. This was one Jessica that we had so many fights over. It was not pleasant. But what was That's pleasant? Is that in prep was April is the cruelest month of this show? Which was that was the yeah. first one that I wrote. So uh, yeah, exactly right, indeed. Yeah. Hey, Scotty, I'm just curious. Also, did you after this episode aired? Did you get recognized for this part and, and uh, you know talk to people about this show? I have been. Yes, 
I have been. What's that like for you? Uh, it's, it's funny because, well, you know, I'm gray now. I'm completely gray. Um, uh, and they say, and but they hear my voice. Right. And when they hear my voice, they go, were you on 90210? <laughs> <laughs> that happened uh, to Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was student council president at West Beverly High School. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's a great claim to fame, I think. I, 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 that's what shows you how great our fans are. They watch the shows so often that they can recognize the players by their voices. And can I tell you, I've seen myself in Norwegian. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Yeah. All right, Scotty, we're going to say goodbye to you. We're going to pick up this conversation talking about uh, the college aspect of this. Um, so thank you for joining us, man. It was great. Thank you for having me. I really am. And my heart's with you in Texas on Tuesday night. We need Let's it. get him. Let's get him. Hook <laughs> <laughs> um, horns, right? Yeah. All right. Chuck, oh, I know yeah. we weren't supposed to talk about this aspect of the show, but I'm curious for Larry. You watched the full episode. What is your take on the other thing that's happening in this show, this stand-up thing? I'm just curious to know what... You mean the performance-oriented coffee houses? <laughs> yes. What was your take I on thought that? that was a, yeah, I, just, I know how tortured Chuck was on this episode, so I watched it. It's hard to divorce that, but that line just stuck out when Brenda says, you know, performance-oriented coffee houses are becoming very popular. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounded like the whole plot just felt like indicating to me. Like, I don't know what came before, but, you know, it felt more like, you know, like when there's a, a, an important half-hour episode where people go through something, and it's just you really have all the earned moments all put together. Because I really didn't understand, you know, that she was leaving home and she was going to all of a sudden sit everything out and, and then, the, you know, it's it's always a trap to try to not be funny. Oh, this, look how not funny this is. That's always a mistake as a writer. Never do that. And But other than that, I thought it was pretty good. I, I want to just say on the, on the election thing, I thought it was really cool because, you know, it was so Beverly Hills again, which I really find so interesting in these early episodes where it just reeks of it. And you see Kelly Taylor pushing this whole Beverly Hills ethos on Brandon and and Brandon makes the great Midwestern church to have some substance to it. And it really gave that balance. You got the fun of the Beverly Hills and the outrageousness and the differentness of, of this of this people that people didn't understand. And then you got the normalness uh, uh, through Brandon making the right decision there. And I thought that was really successful. Uh, but the other plot, you know, I, I just, you know, I didn't know. It just it, it felt like a good try. Just like I said, I know Tuck, Chuck was looking for something different in it. So I, that was always coloring it. But I did at one point write, is this going to be over soon? Um, <laughs> But uh, I did. Yeah, that was about it. But it was. You know, but I, the yeah, show well, itself there because obviously the Kelly Taylor character we see there doesn't really feel like the Kelly Taylor character we know. And some of the other characters again, they're they're fighting for who they are in that first season. And you know, I was lucky, and, and Jessica at that point probably was too, because we inherited characters that already made. You know, they had already been refined a little bit and found their niche. I do so feel I, that is a big okay. issue with this episode as well. I mean, like Donna uh, does something where she gives. Brandon a kiss on the cheek. I, I, mean, you I know. noticed that too. Which was a little yeah. bit more forward than what Donna Martin be becomes, you know. And uh, drawn even, to power. She's drawn to power. Suddenly. Yeah. 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 Is that, yeah. Okay. Donna also makes kind of a catty comment. Oh, should I just curse now so we can stop this conversation? Since Pete lied to me and said, <laughs> don't worry, Chuck. We'll I want to go on politics and I won't bring up the poetry club. Because it's supposed to be slam poetry. 
That's what we were supposed to do. And Fox didn't believe that there were any coffee houses. Fox didn't believe that this was something so trendy, almost as trendy as when Larry would put in the computers in Los yeah. Angeles, since there are only two of them. And, you know, for, you know, we couldn't do that. So we had to be the comedy store of, 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 coffee houses it's the most unfunniest oh, you know. comedy store in america because uh, <laughs> jack isn't very funny Sky would be, would be much better. yeah exactly my big complaint about the episode was that brenda says to her parents to her friends i want to go upstairs and change my jacket and then when they show up at the comedy club she's wearing the same jacket and so <laughs> i just like where is the continuity person for that yeah but, sorry yeah. that's no, listen, I think we all could probably go on about this. Let's shift. No. I think it's important to note that you had something else that was interesting. Most of the episodes that you see fans that are pieces of shit is because people made it that. It wasn't our intention to come out and try that. It's that what we tried to do was vetoed. And then yeah. what are we supposed to do? I think that's all I wanted to get out of that because I think this episode lingers with people who watch the show and we can't ignore it. And in fact, it emerges at one point where she's staying at the house and everybody comes there for a party. You know what I mean? And there's a big blowout with uh, Brandon and Brenda over, you know, wh whether he has changed or whatnot. So it's hard to sort of ignore it. Well, election night parties were a big thing in, nine in Beverly Hills. Where yeah. was going to be the party the before the election? And where is going to be the party after the election? Yeah. In the third act is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking in IRL, in real life. But, okay, there's one other thing in this. Kelly Kelly hits on Brandon a bit, right, and when she's – you know, uh, you know, as the in the in the living room when they watch the ad, is this kind of where you get this these ideas to maybe pair them at spring dance and all that stuff? Does that any of that help you in that situation or, or no? No, no. It was just it was just. I think that Larry and and Jessica said said it. We you know we were just trying to form the characters. Yeah, and yeah, she yeah. was she was sexual. She was cute, and and she had a crush on Brandon. You know, so. It, it, it comes out here. It comes out in Spring Dance. It comes out in the end of season four. It just, it just was always there, and it, and it, uh, it, it, it. I'm always gratified when to some people that their favorite couple is Brandon and Kelly. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Erin, um, do you have any more questions about this episode, and then we'll move on to college? I think my only other question in the campaign video. There's footage of Brandon standing behind Scott in the computer lab, which I think is from season or from episode two and is also in the opening credits. So how would David Silver have that footage? <laughs> it's a great, I mean, great David Silver two. actually shot all the episodes for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's a revelation. Yeah. yeah. You have to ask get Brian on the show and ask him how he did it. Um, I love the episode. I also love, by the way, the the some of the stuff with Kelly and David. That's really cute. And, you know, uh, with David and the camera and having to do the date and all that stuff, it played nicely. I think the two of them always have good good chemistry together. Um, I think we got this episode. Let's move this to college. I think we're all more familiar. But but, but for Karen, um, you looked back on these episodes. Do you feel that it reflected, this first episode reflected the politics that you that you know and being you know, married to somebody who's probably a little bit of a political junkie. Uh, what's what's your thoughts on it? Um, he is a political junkie. This is my life now. We have <laughs> we have the news on quite a bit. 
But yes, this always was of interest to him. And if you start to ask him uh, little factoids about like who was the vice president or who ran for vice president on the losing ticket of a particular year, he can tell you that and probably like who the attorney general was. So the fact that he would remember everything from his high school years does not phase me at all uh, about this particular uh, particular exciting part of you know, uh, school for him. This was a lot of fun and the campaign, and he did introduce himself and meet all the people and, and take people out on dates and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I, I think it is reflective of like a real life kind of a thing um, in that way. Um, yeah. Cool. Good stuff. Um, all right. Let's move into talking about Josh Richland. We've had him on here before and you can find that in the archives somewhere. Uh, we did an interview with Joshua Beckett, and uh, he kind of talked a little bit about uh, making the, this this episode a clean slate. And we also visited it with um, Bethany Rooney a while back, so you can dig into it there. Um, but we never did see the follow up episode, the uh, Life After Death, which I think is a really fantastic episode. Uh, but I guess for Chuck and Larry, now you guys are both here at this time together. What's the idea? Like, let's bring Brandon back into politics. You mean it in in season uh, five? I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In season five. Well, um, he was involved with in season four with the task force. Right. So he was given a position of, uh, you know, a student insider. And uh, and I believe, Aaron, you may know this because you probably know these things better than all of us. Didn't somebody, Josh Richland, even want? Josh Richland was in season four. Yeah, he starts in Little Fish. So he's so he's paper. often always, he knew of who Brandon Walsh was. And he makes a reference in Little Fish about you did the walkout from, nine, from the high school. And Brandon may not have had a student body office, but, you know, he did lead a walkout. We had walkouts at Beverly Hills High School and um, and uh, I didn't lead any of them. In fact, one of them I tried to stop because I was a student body officer. I was supposed to do that. Right. But at the same time, uh, you know, so so it was it was natural. And also for to be Brandon and because we've already infused him with a little bit of of Rosen political uh, uh, energy that it just made sense to have him do that and be closer my feeling was that if he was student body president, he'd be closer to what makes up a college, the issues that would come up, the things that could come up. And indeed, that's how we did do season five and, and why uh, Mr. Spelling was so quick to say when I wasn't going to come back, no more student politics, because we used it kind of as a basis a lot in, in our season five, because that's what Brandon was doing. It was yeah. good for us to put our leading man in the room where it happened. So, it, you know, it's all we're always looking to find an arena to put your characters in. And it was an effective one for Brandon. You know, again, it's amazing to me, but we were really the only ones to do a successful series in college. Yeah. I, mean, I can't think of another. Like this, I think that Felicity. It was Felicity. Felicity. Oh, I never saw that. Was that a big show? I don't know. It was, yeah, and it was at that NYU, was and there was a lot of kissing. Oh, well. Oh. That was after. Yeah. After us. That was critically after. acclaimed, Larry. Critically acclaimed. Yeah, it was a good, show. A was a good show to write for. J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, Larry's just finding out about the show now. That's <laughs> never heard, you know. Harry Russell. I mean, that was the, that was a big draw. 
Jessica, what's your take on these college on these on this on the college election? It was funny to me to look back on these episodes because I remembered um, my memory is spotty about all of it, but I remembered that the that politics was Chuck's interest, and oh. I thought, oh, how nice uh, to be looking back. But I didn't write any of this, and then I saw. Yes, I actually wrote yeah. one of these episodes. I wrote uh, with Steve Wasserman, um, life. Life after, after death. death, yeah. And right. um, I, look, I, I have to say, I look back at these shows and I'm always touched by, in the big picture, how good they are, how just yeah. how they stand up, they're entertaining. And um, I, I, I heard lines in that episode that I thought, I don't remember writing them, but boy, are they coming right out of my head. I That's how... I would have written that. And so that was, it was gratifying. I liked it. Larry, what's your, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jessica. I was just going to say one more thing. I think that it was, um, it was interesting to see Brandon speaking at uh, Josh Richland's funeral. And then to hear Valerie talking about how one of her parents had said that you, you eat an egg after a funeral. And I thought, do Valerie knew Jewish people? <laughs> that was that was that was odd to me, but it was. But I found it touching. Go on, sorry, Larry. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I yeah. You know, first of all, Josh's opening where he, he he's thirty years uh, later. Josh Richard later. He says there is no memorial, but there was a memorial. There was. Josh. Or Josh okay. doesn't know. Yeah. He didn't watch that episode, obviously, because it, was it starts tough there. He was already yeah. dead. And yeah. no, I thought there were no see, lines. He was an actor. Like, there's no lines yeah. in the script. I'm not watching this. Right. Exactly. You know, the way uh, it was set up, which was, was Chuck's hope, is that, of course, Brandon isn't running for president, which would, that would be kind of too ambitious right. and too ego thing, but he's going to be the second guy. And we're going to get some mileage out of this. And we, it was a long game because, like I said, we, we started Josh in, uh, in season four as the, I think he was the editor of The Condor. So he, he has a relationship with Brandon. And then I thought that that thing really played well because, of course, coming off the task force, he's the chancellor's lackey. And Ch Chuck, in Chuck's insistence, we created a college with all these progressive groups, all these divisive. We've got uh, Latinos United. You got the Black Con Coalition. You got all these the Asian Pan Asian thing. I thought that was fascinating for that time that we we were showing all these you know lobby minority groups really vying for power. In real life, they had all those at at um, Cal Berkeley. At, 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 no, well, Cal Berkeley for, yeah. for sure, but for the, um, the our college in Eagle Rock, Occidental. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. all of those groups protested us filming our show on the campus. <laughs> That's how I knew they were there. That's right. But that was good because there was all these. In fact, there were no really Nazi groups, unfortunately, running. Uh, I, I thought we created a good bunch of uh, characters with you know interesting agendas, and of course, you know the whole episode really coming down to uh, Chris uh, Deshaun Hardell having sure. to back Brandon really is good. And, you know, the whole, oh, some of the play that happens, they're going to, they're going to basically extort Brandon or basically use the leverage of him, perhaps cheating for, uh, on the exams him to drop out of the race. And, and then Deshaun creating that moment for Deshaun uh, that, that really became really good political drama because it was really about the characters. That I was struck by um, how none of the issues have changed. We're no. still, the characters then talked about issues that we're still talking about. And uh, the fact that we were talking about race and that we had the various uh, 
the broad strokes of political intrigue that we're seeing today. I thought that was getting the fact that we got stuff right. Mm -hmm. Chuck, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just responding to what Larry said relative to the um, to Sean Hardell's laundry, because, you know, if you remember earlier in the episode, mm -hmm. Josh Beckett goes to him and says, you're friends with Deshaun, get him to back us. And he says, look, I, he can't, I can't do that to him because there's a strong black coalition and I don't want to put him in that position. And uh, so for him then, so he set it up and then he comes out on his own volition because I guess Donna spoke to him or, or, or however they ultimately did it. But again, it's like you just kind of set something up and then the expectation is is the opposite. It, it comes out anyway. You know, Chucky uh, actually has a scene with Brandon where he says, uh, I'm not going to take a position. He does show that. you how much I believe in you. Yeah. Right, right. Um, Chris is incredible, by the way. Fans, yeah, you know, you're all Chris. looking for guest stars to get on the show. Mm -hmm. We've tried to reach out to Chris a couple times. We're going to we're going to hit that a little harder after seeing mm -hmm. these episodes. I'm just like, man, we got to get we got to get to Sean on here. Uh, so reach out to him. Instagram him up and try to get him to come on. Our Aaron, show. tell him he's going to come on the Today Show and then he'll respond to you. And then, swerve. You know, yeah, we'll you can really be a big guy to help with us here. Aaron, to start doing the swerves with some of these. <laughs> yeah, here it is. This is the Today Show right now. Yeah. Um, Aaron, any questions about the, either one of those episodes? Um, not really a question. It struck me how. Um, good Brandon's impromptu speech was at that Meet the Candidates event after seeing him, you know, in season one choke when he has to debate um, Michael and he can't even give an answer to the question about, you know, how are you going to book rock bands? <laughs> so he really, he really came a long way after that. And, and of course, you know, during his presidency, he deals with all these really complex ethical dilemmas such as, you know, Selenesia and Roland Turner. So Brandon really came a long way after, uh, after that season one uh, campaign. And of course, there's the story, you know, that we see play out in the Rolling Stones episode where, you know, Brandon isn't even supposed to be tech is being challenged by Alex Diaz. Right. We're going to eventually have him FG here. Rio, Rio. Yeah. FJ Rio. He'll be here at some point. He's just waiting for this political, the real life political circus to sort of go away. And then he said he'll be happy to come on and join us. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but I'm. Um, uh, so there, there was that in the Rolling Stones episode. Chuck, do, I don't know if we ever talked about that in the Rolling Stones episode where that idea of him being contested came from. Because I know we were well, talking that was right oh. from the that was that was this is again one of our long arcs mm -hmm. because um, it was we knew that he would he kept going to call yeah, the, 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 the order, and because he kept doing that. We, we, we thought, hey, well, if he did that, then that would be what a president would be doing. It's presidential. So we I, that the first time we did it, I knew eventually he would be able to become president whenever he's challenged because he's doing it. So we, we had set up something, didn't know quite when we would um, pay it off. One thing I, I do, Aaron, interestingly enough, about rock bands at Beverly Hills High School, we had The Doors, Linda Ronstadt, and Three Dog Night. What? Rock bands mattered. What you put out on Jazz Night. The only year they didn't do Jazz Night is when I was vice president of school. We didn't do <laughs> Every other year I was there. And then the moment I left, they started it up again. So they called it Jazz Night, but you had rock and roll. Well, it used to be jazz, you know, back in the day. But yeah, by the time we got there, there was no jazz. It was all rock, you know. 
And the Doors was the cool one. I'm I'm curious what you guys think of uh, FJ Rio, uh, Alex Diaz's performances in these episodes. I thought he, I think he's really pretty awesome in these things. What do you guys think? It's really good. He's, he reminds me of a, a political. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was really good. That's on I their mind. That's doing it. I'm I'm going to be snotty when I have to because I don't like you, and otherwise I'll be charming to people. Yeah, the chancellor's lackey. Yeah, I love that. We got some good. Yeah, play. I mean that was great to hang in him with that. You know, and that was good. And we see all this kind of come to a head at the in the real McCoy, which is another episode that we didn't really need to watch all of because we've covered that before. Um, when Brandon thinks he's going to become president again, very easily it seems like they even ran out of cake for him and all that, you know. Um, and then he, you know, I guess Dean War- Whitmore. Screwed it all up. You know, the, the, the increase in tuition. Yeah, increase yeah, but, in tuition. But the thing is, this was the only time that he ran because he wanted to. All yeah. the other time, he was the, the reluctant hero. Yeah. Finally, when he wants to do it, he doesn't get rewarded. Yeah, that's great. Ain't life a bitch, you know? Yeah. It was good. Yeah, I love these storylines, and I love the the elections in general. I think it's... um. I think it's one of the things that actually made college come to life in the in the series. Hey, well, Jesse also uh, the Mark Damon Espinosa was in here. We did talk about some of the stuff that he did with Brandon there because I think it is in the uh, the Stones episode where we have him. Oh, he uh, becomes the lawyer. He, he, yeah. yeah, he becomes the lawyer and decides because Brandon was uh, opening the meetings up that he was there was a, there was a continuum of uh, of leadership. Um, I want to show. Also, that, hey. I want to say that um, I think all art is political. And writing for television is political. And we make our, we bring our own biases to what we write because we have intention. And we want to project uh, what's important to us, what our values are. And while we did it overtly in in these episodes about politics, we also did it um, more- um, Indirectly. Indirectly, I was yeah. going to say insidiously, but yeah, indirectly, because um, I mean, we just, we wrote our own, what interested us. We ran into trouble once in a while when we wanted to promote a charity, like Heal the Bay. That Heal the Bay, I think, is the only, one of the only ones that we were permitted to actually use a real name. The standards and practices wouldn't let us support a particular charity. Mm. You know, there's Will the Bay. We actually did a fundraiser for them in the first, in the yeah. sec, in that first time when we, when we were doing at the uh, Beverly Hills Beach at, Club. At the Beach Club, with, yeah, with Dorothy Green. Yeah, it was and so. I think maybe that had something to do with it. Yeah, I have one thing I, I thought. I can't remember which batch of episodes, but I, I was thinking of you, Jess, because it was about. And do you, I don't know if you remember this, Chuck, but we all bought stock in advanced tissue. Do you remember this? No. Yes, and it was. And Steve was behind it. It was a. a it was a company that grew human tissue on mice, and 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 in the episode, Nat bought bought has this whole thing. He's watching the stock ticker, and they go, "What, what did you buy?" Says, it's great. It's this company that makes human tissue. They grow it on mice, and uh, it was Steve's thing. It was called Advanced Tissue. Yeah. Oh, this uh, this was not uh, one through five. I don't. Think. Yeah, it was. It was. No, it, it was. was. No, it was, was one of the ones we've watched recently. I, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I remember yeah, it. Really? Oh, my oh, my God. It was a vast issue. <laughs> okay. I was thinking of Steve. But uh, my, my son made money on it anyway. I think another note, too, about Nat, you just brought him up. 
was it in the first when he goes Brandon goes in oh, I think it's when during the college years he goes and has that really nice kind of conversation with Nat about what is he going to do and all that kind of stuff and I always think you know we talk a lot about relationships on this show where and you're thinking about you know Kelly and Brandon but the relationship that Nat and um and Brandon had is really beautiful. I think that's a great, you know, mentorship role and relationship. And then you guys always wrote that really, really nicely and gave Joe, Joey Tata a lot of really nice stuff to do. Um, so props to you guys for that. Erin, uh, uh, any other things that you want to bring up about any of these things? Um, I also just thought, you know, watching um, that letter that Josh's sister reads at the end, you know, the death episodes are just always so poignant from Scott to, um, Jack McKay to Tony to this one. It just was a really kind of touching way to end it, I thought. Yeah, you always write off these characters in a very yeah. nice But, nice you know, the way that was done, too, he gets the letter, but then the letter gets read to Kelly Taylor. It kind of splits it. He gets the letter from the at, at the house from the, from the sister, but it really is much more meaningful when, with Kelly. I thought that worked just dynamite. I, well done, Jess and Steve. Mm -hmm. I mean, the last thing I want to bring up, too, is Chuck, you mentioned this before about Andrea. Um sort of being, uh, you know, wanting to be more involved in this conversation with Brandon and feeling because she was a mom. It was interesting to watch these two episodes, the, the season one episode, and then watch mm -hmm. her here as a mom and whatnot. Do you have anything else you want to add about seeing the differences? Well, isn't it, isn't it so easy to take, uh, to, to take a bright young woman for granted? I think mm -hmm. that's what, what Brandon's sin was both times, but particularly in the college yeah, and, but the college one was more interesting because at this point she put her kind of tended to put herself that way, and you know on the sidelines, and then feel badly about it, and then have value and get back to the where she belonged and things she liked to do. I don't know if you guys feel that. Uh, I do that, that trajectory with her, but but uh, you know I, I I think that's where that probably you know where he does come from is just being taken for granted. For sure. Jessica, what do you think on that topic about seeing you're someone who loved, and, and, and I'm sure it's about Karen too. You, you guys loved writing for Andre and you saw that trajectory. What's your thoughts on that? I thought it was um, one of, I had trouble in season one with the thought that Andrea had chickened out. I wasn't sure that fit her character. Um, so then to see what happened in the later years, um, to see her still having trouble finding her place at the table mm. made me very, uh, I, I found that interesting and uh, in, and almost disappointing uh, in terms of her oh. character. I was glad that she get, uh, gets to go to Yale or, or at, at the end, um, but she did it because she was able to because Jesse asked the school to give it to her. And I just, I don't think we, I don't think that that the missed opportunities for Andrea's self-empowerment. Uh, I don't know we could get whether we would get away with that today or whether we would choose to do it today. Mm. Well, a couple of things I, I think, and Karen, I wanted you to, you to think about this too, is that, okay, so I'm hearing what Jessica's saying and going, well, wait a second, wait a second. But Andrea was comfortable and the blaze. Andrea was comfortable with her byline and dealing with 
being the person standing up in front of the adults at the Board of Education speaking. With her own peer group, she was insecure from the first moments. And so if you're insecure, whether you're insecure politically or insecure socially, they do run together in my in my way of looking at it. I mean, we can we can uh, we can talk about this more, but I, I'm just saying that um, we made choices for her later as well when she uh, got pregnant. That again, I'm not sure we would have made. Oh well, yeah. Today. Well, I also, you know, we I agree with that. Right. I don't know that. Go ahead. I don't know that we would have made the choice to, you know, have her leave the show. Truthfully, yeah. right. <laughs> it was That's our choice. And, and I don't think, I don't oh, think, looking back, we would have made the choice for her to consider having an affair. This was too well. This was too long fought. You know, there are things. I mean, there are lots and lots of things I look back and say I love this, and there are some things I look back and say I don't know if I love that. But but the but the balance of the scales is definitely uh, I love it. Yeah, well, she, I do believe she would definitely have lost her virginity in college. I think there's a in those years kind of a you know I'm now in high school I have to be this way now I'm in college I can experiment so yeah I didn't uh, yeah. feel that would 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 happen to her mm. and but remember even with the Jesse thing she got to pay for because she made her own money on. Uh, on, um, Jeopardy. On, Jeopardy. on Jeopardy, so, so she, did, you know, she didn't do the free ride. Um, but I don't think it was just he asked. I think he used his leverage and said, if you want me to come. That's what I meant. Yeah. 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 Just, I'm curious, though. I want to ask you, 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 you know, back then when you were writing the show, Andre was a very important character to you. You've said that before. Why do you think back then that you did not say we should not, there should not be an affair here, or we should not, like, why do you think that, that or is this, was that just not how you, how you I approach it? I have no people? idea. I mean, I look back there and say, you, there are a lot of choices that I made as a writer in the past, and as a human being in the past, <laughs> that I might not have made today. Uh, well, remember, you got pregnant. We had to, she had to get, have, you know, be with child. And she had to have the baby. So everything fair this way, that she was a short woman. And it would have been very difficult to hide her pregnancy. Yeah. So, you know, that we had to make this choice. And and I think I, I don't know, I just I just think that that um there were there we made we made choices for a lot of characters, you know, the audience would love it. If we would always make the characters that they love do only good things, right? Oh, so we don't do that, and we always make we want our characters to be flawed, and we want them to make choices that aren't always good for this, uh, for the for them. Um, and they learn from the choices they make. I'm just saying, in Andrea's case, we made choices that I'm not sure today would fly. They flew then. Oh, yeah. sure. I just want to add to that. Well, I'm just going to quote. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. I just want to quote my son who was just interviewed for this Forbes 30 under 30. And he said he, he doesn't like the competitive uh, uh, thing that people espouse a lot, win or lose, you know, the competitive mm -hmm. world of uh, investment funding, private equity. He likes win or learn. So you can win 
or you, or if you don't get that deal or do that thing, you can learn from it. And that's exactly what you're saying is win or learn. So it, it ha- definitely has a place in writing an episode, especially when you have beloved characters uh, making them do something. But I just want to say that Aaron Spelling, as much as he loved Gabrielle Carteris, I think he personally uh, was very fond of her. Um, I don't think Andrea was his idea of a of an the most important elements of this show. It, you know, just all respect to, to Andrea and Gabby and everything else. You know, he was interested in the beauty of the actors that we cast and the uh, you know sexuality and put Tori in a bikini and this kind of thing. And that was not it was not Andrea's role. It's not that he didn't feel it had a place, but again, I just don't think it was the most important thing. So he probably thought when he gave her permission to have the baby. Oh, she'll be written off after that. He probably had that thought in the back of her mind, but he gave her permission to do that and go through this year. Okay. So then you have to take what you're given and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's I agree good. with That's you. Maybe point. Point. Yeah. But it was, a, it was a long time ago, guys. It was 30 years ago. You know, it was before me too. It was before a lot of stuff. So. Yes, you are right. Though, be a very that. good conversation though. And it's interesting. One, one thing I want to just say is that, you know, Andrea was the gifted student who doesn't fulfill the promise. And that's what it, yeah. it became. If that's what it became, as simple as that. And in a way, it's a cautionary tale. Don't have a child so soon. I mean, you know, it just became the circumstances demanded, as Chuck said. We, and as you said, we couldn't really hide the thing. So we just did. And the affair, we were trying to give her something, you know, besides just the baby and ch- changing diapers and having fights with Jesse or, or giving him the affair. Um, but yeah, I saw this meme. Uh, it was a it was a, a girl uh, just dressed in her normal clothes, and she's. They asked, "What are you going for Halloween?" She says, "I'm going as a gifted child." I could have been this. I could have been that. I could have been this. I could have been a lot of things, but this is what I am. Yeah. And I, but that was kind of the Andrea story in a lot of ways, and you know, that's just, but 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 again, the story's not close. She she could be a big success, you know, at that's Yale right. or whatever. We don't that's know, right. and we still you know, we be left that open. The Screen Actors Guild. Didn't she come back and say she was divorced or not? Did yeah, I she comes to... back and says she's divorced. Yeah, but she's okay. she's going through Yale. I mean, you know, I mean she's she's on her path and um yeah, maybe uh you know her kids are older. Free... A lot of people have good careers after 30. So I mean, you know. Yes, it's very possible. There's hope. There's hope. Uh, before we leave here, I want to show Karen uh, sent us this image of something that they have at their house. I know if you're driving and you're listening, you're not you're not going to know what it is, but it's one of the posters uh, from the uh, Brandon Walsh um, election campaign in season one, the one where they draw the little mustache on it. This is not that one, but that's the poster I'm referring to. Uh, Karen, that's in my do- that's in Lindsay Rosen's uh, bathroom for my her daughter Helen, who I'm holding right. That's cool, Karen. Um, did you know that we should hold on to this memor- this 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 poster? <laughs> who said hold on to it? Lindsay Rosen, yeah. who was on the set a lot from age five to ten. That was her her time then. So she, when she saw it, you know, we had it in our house somewhere. I no, it was in the office, and then there was a bunch of them, you know. And she, she wouldn't part with it. She said, "I need that. I have to have that." That's that her. one was in the garage. That one was in the storage unit when we were. Yeah, were probably home. was in the storage yeah. by that point. Yep. We have a number of those actually. Very cool. The, that poster? No. Oh, I have to different either a prop from Martin. it, like the like the, the cover of um Jenny when she's on the cover of uh, Kelly's on the cover of the magazine. Oh, we have the cool. magazine, you know, things like that, you know, where they made it for like a prop for the show or 
or some of the um, magazine covers and stuff like that. Yeah, I still have my diploma from West Beverly High School. Yeah, we have it someplace. Yes, yes, yeah. Exactly. Uh, before we, before <laughs> we leave, oh, yeah, Larry, I have one of those somewhere. Before we leave, I want to say that uh, the real McCoy episode, um, the part where Dylan talks about seeing his, uh, his death and that he's not going to have a long life and all of that was just so sad to see. It, was, it really affected me. Same here. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. It was Avery very- Rosen and Jackson Mullen are in that uh, playing his uh, Children in the West. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> little Avery is is a is like Avery. Yeah, Jackson's like probably about yeah, Jackson's probably about six, seven or something like that. Yeah, Avery was like four. Erin, on uh, on Jessica's note though, there on that comment about seeing Luke, was that tough for you as a super fan of the show? Yeah, that that stood out to me too when I was watching it. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, very cool. Oh, in his little outfit from the show. <laughs> yeah. That's a uh, Chuck just showed us a picture in case you're driving somewhere. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. That was from uh, that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. I think we rocked this. Aaron, thank you so much for popping in with us. Sure. I think it was really fun. I hope you had a good time uh, chatting about some of these episodes. Yeah, thank uh, you for hanging you. out with us. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so how do, we, how do we access today.com and see this? When will it be? When will you load it up? I did an article on the Super Show. We can send you that. Yeah, that was I really did. Cool. That was really nice. I really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, that was great. Um, but Jessica and Larry and I were on uh, Us Weekly this week, right? I mean, the, the yes. Jenny yeah, yeah, yeah. that was, yeah. you know, Jenny had some fun this week talking about an episode. She was sharp. I mean, that was a great comeback on that, you know. It was that, really funny. Was and it ended really a good. complete surprise. Yeah. All right. So now, the next time you'll see us live is on November 11th when we will have Kathleen Robertson here on the show, which obviously I'm super excited for. Uh, and the rest of the group is as well. Uh, Molly Campbell's going to join us there because uh, Kathleen really wants to talk about some of Claire's uh, fashion and whatnot. So uh, that should be really, really a lot of fun. We got some really cool things coming up in November. So uh, just stay tuned here and uh, we'll keep you updated. All right, guys. I think this was great. Um, I will see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. And vote. Yes. Oh.